Welcome to the Tummy Team Journey Podcast. I'm Kelly Dean, physical therapist and founder of the Tummy Team. This podcast shares the personal journeys of Tummy Team clients as they restore their core and pursue being strong to be pain-free and connected for the life they were meant to live. episode of the Tummy Team Journey podcast is going to be with Beth Learn from Fit to Be, but Beth Learn is more than just the Fit to Be CEO. She's a good friend of mine, and we've been kind of on this Tummy Team journey together um, because we met early on in the whole process for both of us. And so I thought when I was thinking about starting this podcast, I thought who would be the best person to start this journey with me, but you, because we kind of started this journey together. So Beth, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit just about your family, who you are, all that, and then we'll get into your story. Okay. Well, I live in rural Southwest Washington, not too far from Kelly, about 45 minutes away. And I was living in Portland, though, when her and I first connected. And I have two kids. When I met Kelly, they were almost two and almost five. They were very little, um, right around those ages. And I had just launched Fit to Be. And, and what's I Fit was, to Be? Fit to Be is, <laughs> sorry, I just glossed right over that. Uh, Fit to Be is an online tummy safe fitness portal where we film professional high quality workout videos in home settings and they stream through any platform you have. We also have a Roku channel. So a lot of our clients use us through Roku and our specialty is diastasis aware fitness. And we've been doing that for 10 years now. We started in 2010. Okay, so that's where you are now, but yes. where were you when you first heard about the tummy team or heard about me? Maybe it was me, not the tummy team. Well, I was on Facebook uh-huh. <laughs> and I was scrolling through like, like you know, bored young mothers who are trying to get their kids to sleep too. And um, I came across a post by a friend who had gone through the tummy team Um, group rehab that Kelly was offering at the time, right? And Mm -hmm. I was flabbergasted because this friend of mine had been bedridden, chronic pain, because she was fairly overweight. But I could tell from a fitness standpoint that her entire core had changed. Um, And she was talking about how she was living with less back pain, how she was able to cook dinner for her family. And I was immediately intrigued and I clicked through and lost about five hours of my life on on the tummy team. But it's not really a loss because I learned so much. And there was so much I learned just in that short time about the transverse abdominis and diastases that my college degree in exercise and sports science never taught. And it all made sense. It was like this gigantic missing piece to a puzzle I'd been trying to figure out for my own postpartum recovery. And I reached out to Kelly that night. I sent an email to the website and I was like, hey, (laughs) 
um, can we like connect and get coffee and, and talk through this because I'm very intrigued. I don't remember how I worded it, but we ended up meeting for coffee at Ikea. I think it was a couple well, weeks before, later. Before we even met at Ikea, I remember laying on my bed, having this really long conversation with you. I remember on the phone. Exactly. Yes. We were talking oh, yeah. on the phone. We talked on the phone for a long time and you were asking oh, lots and lots right. of questions. And I, I was, um, you know, I had been doing the tummy team for probably less than a year at that point. And, um, and I was still in this, like, uh, flabbergasted, I can't believe I didn't know this already mm-hmm. place. And so anytime I got another person that was in that same place, like, well, what about this? And what about this? And we could talk about it. And it was really, I remember that connection. And, and I remember going and talking to Brad afterwards and going, Oh my gosh, I just had this amazing conversation with this, with this fitness girl. And, um, and she has a lot of the same questions I have and she's doing something cool and I'm going to get together with her. And then we met at Ikea. What, I don't know why, but, got, <laughs> but we closed that place down. We did. We stayed. They had to boot us out. Cause we uh-huh. stayed until after they were closed. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> we sat in the, in the, in the restaurant of Ikea and, and talked. And I remember, uh, I remember talking about graphic pelvic floor stuff and you laying down and showing different exercises and me saying, well, what about this? And it was just this whole like, you know, big thing. And I could tell that, um, you were asking questions that you only kind of, got had pieces of it and I kept mm-hmm. saying I think you should come to one of my I, I think you should go through the whole process and you were thinking well I just need to I just need to figure out a couple things for my classes and for my clients right and I'm like right. I think you should just come through the whole process and you're like okay oh, okay okay yeah well you- yeah and I remember that I remember saying and thinking that I don't really need this. I don't think I have diastasis, but I need to connect with her to help my clients. And we live so close. And if I could film with her, that'd be great. And I distinctly remember the moment you said, what if your diastasis is worse than you think? What if you're checking incorrectly? Because what you, and and then you asked me and I told you how I had been shown by the um, Aerobics and Fitness Association of America I was never taught diastasis checks at the college level, which is a mm-hmm. disgrace. And I happen to know they're still not teaching it at most exercise science bachelor degree levels, which is tragic. They're not teaching it in PT school and they're not teaching it accurately in PT school and they're not spending yeah. very much time on it at all. Yeah. I, if I you mean, want this information, you have to chase it down. It's, it's, it's yeah. It shouldn't be like that because... Well, 85% of women will get pregnant, which means 85% of women will be postpartum at some point in their life, which means 85% of women will have diastases at some point in their life because 100% of women have it when they're done being pregnant. It's, it's, it's an epidemic and it's, it's interesting that it's not taught, but at the same time, what I try to tell my clients is to, and, and the professionals that train with us to not beat themselves up and not beat the medical community up too much because they'll say, well, I had a PT and they didn't even check this. I, I have compassion for those PTs because if you weren't taught it, you don't know if, uh, right. if this hadn't happened to me, I would not have gone down this path. It was, mm-hmm. I wasn't this type of physical therapist. I worked in brain injury rehab. 
I mean, there was never really a thought like, oh, let's check somebody for a diastasis. That was not even on my radar, and it wasn't really taught. We're working really hard to change that, um, to change it at a training level, but don't don't be too hard on the, the community around you because mm-hmm. you know what you know until you yeah. know better. Um, yeah. And then, and it's also great for people to share the information out there that there is training, that there is information. Cause I know most, most PTs, fitness instructors, rehab professionals that we work with want more information, feel kind of lost in this area because they didn't get more information. So yeah, you're not really alone. Yeah, and that was, that was me. I had launched fit to be, we had at that point filmed, I think twice and so we had put out about 15 workouts at that point. We had like 30 members. Okay, this is like early days. And um, I was like, well, maybe we'll make a few of workouts that specialize in this. But then I went to Kelly's rehab. I did her core rehab and she checked my tummy. <clears throat> and I found out that I had a three and a half finger gap that was deep. You could feel my pulse. Um, from ribs to pubis, I was this long trench, you know, there's different shapes of diastases and how they manifest. And mine was just this gigantic Grand Canyon and, and uh, gigantic is relative. Um, there are diastases that are worse than what mine was, but it was, it was significant. It was definitely significant because I've been, I've been living as if I didn't have one and well, and and you've been working out and I remember distinctly checking your tummy um, because you had, you had fairly defined abdominal wall, right? Mm -hmm. You had pretty good, um, you're, you were lean, you had pretty muscular stomach. And I, I remember specifically checking you because, well, I remember a lot of people like that, but I remember um, because of, the kind of almost visceral reaction you had when I gave you this information, right? When Mm -hmm. I checked you and I told you there was a little bit of a shock mixed with denial, mixed with what the heck is happening here. Maybe this isn't right. Maybe this is right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There was so many things went flying through my head. I stayed, I stayed after you were wonderful taking me under your wing and mentoring me. Um, We would say an hour or two sometimes after those group sessions um, and then that night though, man, I went home. I had a long talk with God on the way home. I was, I was mad. Um, but it all made sense. And that's what really infuriated me is it made such logical, physiological, anatomical sense the way that you teach to check. Um, I was taught to have somebody come up into a crunch mm-hmm. and then feel the distance in the abs. What you teach is a method that allows us to feel for how wide apart the edges of the abdominal wall are, um, how, you know, what's, there's a lot of stuff you check for, but in a resting position, in a, just a daily life position, in a, in a relaxed position, because we're not walking around in a crunch position. And that instantly rang so many bells in my head. And I was just mad because here I was, I at that point had gone through multiple certifications, high level certifications. I had a bachelor's degree in exercise and sports science. Um, I had been um, a fitness center manager. I had taught up to 14 classes a week. I had been dispensing information. I had been training people's course and I, I, I had two main thoughts. One was, what have I done to myself? And one was, what have I done to other people? 
Yeah, and you know that that's that's when I when I work with professionals, um, that is the thing that is sometimes the biggest thing that stops them from going forward because mm-hmm. it's hard to reconcile that. It's hard with the best intentions, maybe teaching people from a place of authority things that were not actually the things they should be doing and maybe things that were exercises specifically that were um, making the matter worse. Um, right. And, and that's a, that's hard to reconcile in yourself. And I always try to give as much grace as possible per sharing my story. You know, I, I did tons and tons of crunches, but most of the damage I did was on my own body. I didn't work in this field before I started treating myself. So I didn't feel like I was influencing other people negatively or, or in incorrectly. Um, but the reality is we know what we know until we know better. I, we, mm-hmm. I always go back to, there was a time when they thought smoking was healthy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, you know, so, I mean, we know, we know what we know with, and there's a lot of great reasons why, People have trained the core with, um, you know, crunches and sit-ups and really working on the rectus abdominis and all of those things. There's a, I, I know the rationale behind all of that. Um, so I understand why. It's just that now we have different and new information and more information, and we need to be able to use that. So what helped you kind of – not reject the information because because it made sense what helped you kind of take the next step and not just say I'm going to forget what she said and I'm just going to go back and do all the fitness stuff that I like to do (laughs) or that I feel comfortable with well in that first meeting you gave really good hands-on tools try this do this I had to go back and teach um some spinning classes and some Pilates yoga blend classes that next week. Um, I wasn't working full time anymore. I was just teaching a couple classes. I had a fit to be filming on the, on the horizon that I was realizing, wow, I may need to switch some of the exercises I wanted to do even for just my own body. <clears throat> because once I wrap my head around something or start to, I am an all in person. I, um, I love that. Think about, about things really heavily and then I'm committed. I'm not a flake. And so I fully committed to testing and implementing in my own body and my classes what you taught and what I began learning in those three sessions that I had with you. And the change was immediately obvious to me, which sold me. I mean, after just one week of changing and tweaking a couple things and how I was sitting on my spin bike, um, how I was breathing in my, in my exercises, I threw in a couple of your cues into my classes that I taught. Um, I threw a few cues at my husband, mm-hmm. threw a few at my friends, the instant transformation in what I felt in my own system And what I saw as people were standing in front of me and moving was so apparent. And over the next six weeks, their feedback. And these were not huge things. And this is why it kind of baffles me to watch as as the mainstream industries of personal training and fitness and physical therapy start to 
assimilate some of the diastasis information is how they often complicate it. Because no kidding, it's not no kidding, that complicated. <laughs> it's really not. They make it so complicated, and it, right. I think it's, it's such a discouragement. Yes, or um, as a client kind of takes in, if they're feeling exhausted and they're like, I, I have to do what? And they don't have a good body connection. Sometimes it can be overwhelming. And I do get that. I've always had a really, really good body connection. One of the things you said to me in those early days is, Beth, but what about the people who don't? You're getting it quickly, and you can't, but you can't assume that the people you're teaching to, especially through a screen, so you're going to have to work really hard to come up with these vibrant cues that will help people understand. And so I would test the cues on my in-person clients, test to see what their core would do, because I watch everybody like a hawk in my in-person classes, watch what their bellies do, watch what their alignment do does, watch what their breath does, watch what their jaws do, watch what their head alignment does, watch what their shoulders, their butts, what are they clenching, what are they not clenching. Um, I mean, I've been teaching group fitness for 23 years right now. So I started when I was 18, I'm 41. And I love it. I love watching a class synchronize and move. I love saying things and and then saying them a different way and saying them until the whole class is moving in unity and doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Um, I love watching those lights go off. And so I know when I found the right cue, because the whole entire class is responding. I know I can take that cue onto video. And and I could see that evidence playing out in just the first weeks of my own personal rehab. And when you checked my belly at the end of six weeks, I had gone from a three and a half to a one and a half. I could feel that in my own core, my own right. fingers. I and, could, and think I, about I you were it. like, your your baby, your boy was just over two or around two. Yeah. So yeah. you were still, I still consider that pretty postpartum, you know? Yeah. So a lot of people and your kids are not terribly far apart, you know? And um, so the disconnect that is often present at that time, you don't even know what you don't have. Right. Right. You don't know I what you're missing until you get it back. And so what I think is so motivating for people is when they start to initially feel something they haven't felt for so long, then they're like, oh, 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 that's the thing. That's the mm-hmm. thing I need. Yeah. I had bought into, though, <laughs> the lies that that's just how you're going to be postpartum. You're going to leak a little bit when you sneeze. Um, you know, you're going to have a poochy belly because you were a mama. Um, and, yeah, we might have some stretch marks and some extra skin. Sure. And I personally think that stuff is beautiful. I saw a mama at the lake yesterday with her kids, and she was in a two-piece, and she had this gorgeous little belly with these beautiful tiger stripes. I mean, I I had to restrain myself from, like, oh, my gosh, I love your belly. Like, because I do. I just, I love Mm -hmm. how there's so many different kinds of bellies. And I could tell she was strong, even though she had a little extra belly fat. And she was just so confident playing with her kids. And I long to see more of that. I had that body confidence even in the midst of having that diastasis, because I didn't, I thought I was okay because I'd been told how to check, but that method of checking was wrong. So I was living with a diastasis and I wasn't having a lot of symptoms. I'm actually one of those people that I wasn't having a lot of lower back pain that I recognized. Now my back would go out quite a bit, but I wasn't connecting it. So I, mm-hmm. I can't say for sure, like if I would have blamed it on that. 
Um, but, and I, I have, but I had that distended stomach. I was having some digestive issues. Um, I was dealing with some sexual disconnection, um, mm-hmm. loss of sensation. I didn't connect those things or even really pay attention to those things until they disappeared during the course of right. the rehab. Right. Once it's um, gone, you're like, oh, gosh, that's yeah, better. I stopped leaking. I started having better sensations. There was all these things that began happening that were amazing. What can you imagine? Like, I think about when you started fit to be, you were, you were pretty fit, but you have a journey of fitness, right? This long, like, this is your lifestyle. This is your career. This is your lifestyle. This is your outlook. This is so infiltrated into who you are. And if you had continued down this road with that muscle imbalance and that separated, um, you know, area, you know, abdominal wall and, and the instability that was happening in your pelvis and your pelvic floor, as you started to like continue to challenge yourself and all of these things, you know, I just, I, I'm curious to like, we can't predict what would have happened, but I'm so glad you didn't have to experience that. I'm so glad that you didn't have to like go through some kind of major injury to get to this point. And I know you've had mm-hmm. other injuries, but it wasn't a core injury. Yeah, I know for sure that I would not be where I am, that Fitz B would not be where it is if I had not discovered that I was dealing with diastases and dealt with it with your help and learned what I learned, applied what I applied, because because I did not set out to make Fit to Be a challenging workout space. I set out to wear baggy clothes and present calm workouts like Pilates and yoga that were gentle um, because I had fully bought into the fact that I was always going to kind of have this a little bit of a dumpy body. I was okay with that, truly. Um, I truly felt fine that way. Um, And I didn't, I didn't, I knew I probably wouldn't be able to jump and I knew I, I shouldn't probably um, go back to jogging. Um, yeah, and think I, about I all just these limitations. That. Yeah, right. think of all those limitations so you had put on yourself. To be in that direction. It was going to be just yoga and Pilates, and <laughs> it is not that. Uh, fit to be has turned into so much more as I kept adding more and more in and I kept getting stronger and stronger again as I have returned to weightlifting and, and I have dealt with a torn meniscus and I have dealt with a herniated disc. Um, both of those things were actually already present, um, probably from college, we think. And through the process of realizing I can fix this stuff, physical therapy, works. I, and I am worth treating. I am valuable and I have work to do. I have things to do. And, and then just taking people along on that journey and being open and authentic about each of those things has been huge. When did you, I talked a little bit in my, in, in my story episode about when I had this transformation of this isn't just my journey, but this is actually, I'm in this unique position to help other people. 
and and I am now I'm actually going to do something to help other people with the same thing. So I know that when you first started, you were like, I'm just going to find this out for my clients. It'll be this little subset for people that are have this condition. And then you went on this process, this journey for yourself, figuring it out. At what point did fit to be become tummy safe fitness? Like at what point did you decide this is going to be the foundation of our platform. I'm really glad it is because it's a huge, um, huge support system for so many people. But when did you have that switch where you're like, okay, this is going to be a big part of what, where we go forward? That's a really good question. And there may have been a few nudges in that direction, but when I had you join us for the first filming with us um, at my business yeah, partner's that. house in Happy Valley, Oregon, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I remember that. and I, I was trying to film. And in my head, I had planned out um, some regular workouts. And then I also had, had been practicing and, and geared toward doing a couple of, of tummy safe workouts. I, I was thinking about them and, and you and I had been processing me using that word. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't film anything. I, I remember that. I, and I was, I was, I was terrible. I felt terrible. I was so embarrassed. I couldn't teach that has, and that like, that has never happened. Um, uh, the words were stuck and I know not all of our listeners are, um, people of faith or anything. I am, <laughs> uh, I, and I believe that God often works in my life by opening my voice or shutting my voice. <laughs> and um, that night, you know, Kelly, you just filmed some beautiful things with us. And but I could not, I could not. And loud in my head was this, you can't go halfway. You cannot do this halfway. You have got to do this 100% and you're not ready. You're going to need to wait. You got to take a step back. Mm-hmm. Like I, and, and, and I did not like that. <laughs> <laughs> we never liked that. No. Uh, but, but it so was smart. True. So smart. It was so. true. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? I wanted and pushed. I couldn't. And so I stepped back and. Yeah. And you know, I never, later. I never pressure anybody in their journey and how they're going to process nope. it because I feel like everybody has their own path and I had my own path. Um, as well, but I remember that I remember how hard that night night was for you. Um, I I could tell that you were like, um, something that came so easy for you that you can teach like like so easily. All of a sudden, you couldn't <laughs> teach because you're like, I am missing some key information and and maybe some underlying conviction. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it wrong. I'm not right. going to, I'm not, I, if I'm going to be out there as an authority over somebody's fitness choices, which every instructor is, has some authority. We, we have it, we go to a coach or an instructor because we believe they know better than us. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going to be in that place, you really took it seriously. And, and I remember how hard that was. I've been in that place so many times. Um, and it's it's a hard place to be, but it's that's how that's where we get better, and that's how we learn stuff. And I think now, like um, we we often refer to Fit to Be as our tummy safe fitness partners because 
Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a rehab specialist, and yes, I do some fitness, and I've done some fitness videos and stuff for you, and um, and I know how to integrate it into fitness, but. I can't do much more than a handful at workouts. I'm a swimmer and you're not going to take your camera to my pool. So <laughs> that's pretty much all I can do. Um, so, but it's so, I, I think about how many, how, do you know how many current members you have right now? You know, I, I was just thinking about that in terms of that moment that we just talked about. Um we at that time had maybe 30 or 40 members. Right, right. But there was this heaviness and this vision on me of that's not going to always be like that. And I remember my business partner, Chris, saying, okay, but if we totally pivot this to make it tummy safe, that's going to really, really niche you. It's going to really streamline what you're doing. Are you sure? That's really risky. And I just was 100% yes. It is risky, but this is needed. Nobody else out there at the time was doing that. There were some little programs. There were some people filming a couple of transverse workouts on YouTube. There was nobody saying, let's apply rehab to fitness, to weightlifting, to Pilates, to yoga, to Tai Chi, to Tabata, to all the things. Um, and and I I knew I was uniquely positioned and talented and trained to do that. It felt overwhelming, and I knew I needed time. We currently have thousands of members in over 40 countries worldwide. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that vision has materialized. Um, and and our motto is changing lives one tummy at a time. And so cool. I love that. I love that we and, work with and, people. And it sounds. It can kind of sound dramatic to say stuff like making <laughs> lives, you know, and one of our sayings is um, helping you be strong for the life you were meant to live, um, you know, yeah. and, and, and sometimes, you know, people outside of what we do can go, you know, it's an exercise program. How is that going to change somebody's life? It's a rehab program. How's that? Let me tell you, we hear life changing stories every day and being mm-hmm. not having pain when you pick up your kids that that changes your life being able being confident to wear your bathing suit and in public and and um, play with your kids at the river that yeah. changes not just your life but the impact of the lives of your kids so I mean right. this does being out of pain and knowing how to address your own pain without having to go to a chiropractor or a PT every time your back goes out but actually listening to your own body that changes somebody's life and there's so much more dramatic stories than that so mm-hmm. when people start to um, you know start to kind of experience what me and you do I think that they are much uh, less skeptical of those kind of dramatic statements, but it's the mm-hmm. truth. It's the truth. You are impacting lives and we see it all the time. We see people, um, we want, we want men and women, we want them to feel like they're in the body that is capable of allowing them to do the things that are important to them, you know, right. and are, are we both work in a, a culture that is very much about how everything looks, um, mm-hmm. the looks, how skinny you are, how muscular you are, all of those things. And I have seen, I don't think that that matters as much as people think. I think it matters a very small component. We always say it's about how you feel 
and how you function. Um, and, you know, we, we're all in different shapes and sizes. And sometimes that, that pressure to look a certain way keeps people from doing things that would make them pain free and strong and live the life mm-hmm. because they have a different body type. Going back to that very first client, right? She's probably one of the heaviest clients I've ever worked with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, but yeah. changed her life changed yeah. her life you know it was not about getting washboard stomach or or getting um back into like you know her pre-pregnancy clothes it was about being able to carry her baby and make her dinner mm-hmm. you know and, and not live on Vicodin not live no I mean that kidding. was interesting for her too she's living on on pain meds and um this I saw her, her three times I saw her three times mm-hmm. And that yeah. those were life, like life sustaining and she can maintain that, you know? Right. So right. what, what is, um, I have two more questions for you and then you could share whatever else you want to make sure that okay. everybody knows by my, one of my questions is what, this may be obvious. What do you wish you would have known sooner? Oh gosh, a thousand things. Um, <laughs> You know, just the other day, my daughter, who is almost 15 right now, um, got annoyed with me again for uh, giving her a dollar answer for a five cent question she thought she was asking. Right. (laughs) You know, when she's asking a simple question about her body and I'm like, oh, and it's my opportunity and all these things. And she's annoyed. And I'm like, listen, look, I know I know I probably give you too much sometimes. But I, I would have rather had too much than not enough. And so many women out there have nothing. Um, they have no information. And I just hope that what I'm telling you here and there, when you do ask, uh, tip for moms, try to wait till they ask. <laughs> try. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, will help you have a better life, a, a stronger life, a better pregnancy, better birth, better recovery one day than I had. And I had a, I had pretty good ones. I was very informed, very educated. Like you said earlier, I knew what I knew, but there was stuff I didn't know. Um, and one of the things I think that really huge is I wish I had known, um, that women are not damned to dysfunction mm-hmm. yeah that you know you have babies and you fall apart that's just the way it is i don't think that's god's yep. plan no it's not a good evolutionary plan and it's not a no. good creationary plan in, no. In, in no in no scientific theoretical situation does women having babies and then falling apart and not being able to have more babies work for the furtherance of the human race. <laughs> it doesn't right. work. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So when we step back and say, okay, if, if this is actually not the plan, um, and if this is dysfunction, then, okay, what is causing the dysfunction and what can we do about it? And realizing, hey, there are some things we can do about. Will that make everything perfect again? No, because having babies does change us. Life it's a, changes it's a us. Huge Trauma changes us. Age changes us. There's a lot of things. So we're not trying to say that 
you're never ever going to have an issue again. But there are some issues that are neglected um, and are we're told uh, sorry about that. That's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's um, misinformation. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of hope out there. And like we, yeah. we said, we, we kind of touched on, it's less complicated than you think. Yeah. It's less com- because the body has an incredible capacity to heal when it's put in the best alignment and you are in tune with what your body is saying. I, I often tell my clients that, your your body is communicating to you, but it's almost like it's speaking Chinese over there and you don't understand Chinese, so you're just blocking it out, right? You're blocking it out and powering through and bathing the babies and, you know, harvesting the, the fruit and doing all the stuff that you do, but your body has been communicating to you and it's getting louder and louder. It's getting harder. And so I come in as an interpreter initially and I kind of say, oh, when your body says this, it's meaning this, um, mm-hmm. and this is how you address it. And then, and then I teach them that language. So now they right. know, and eventually that's not Chinese anymore. It's, it's, oh, I know this information. Oh, when my back yes. says this, it's because I've been sitting terribly. And when my pelvic floor feels like this, it's because I was doing this and, you know, and ignoring pain never makes it go away. Um, it, it just makes it flare up in a louder place somewhere else, right? Until mm-hmm. you, until you respond to it. Um, because it's our way of protecting ourselves and, and we need to understand how to respond and to take care of ourselves. Um, my last question is where do you still struggle? So mentally, emotionally, I still struggle with what is called by our colleague Brianna Battles, the female athlete brain that desire to push through pain that, um, well, this bothers me a little bit, but darn it. I want to finish that workout. Um, and I, I, cause I just, if I don't do this workout today, I'm just not going to feel like enough. I didn't feel like I pushed hard enough. I, I will probably always struggle with that a little bit, if not a me lot too. on certain days. Um, but man, every time I quiet that voice, and listen to the even quieter voice that says, hey, your hip bothers you a little bit today because you're close to your cycle and that old sacroiliac injury from your first pregnancy is kind of acting up because your ligaments are looser because of hormones because you're close to your period. So, hey, maybe do more of the stability exercises today. You can always go back to the harder ones in a few days. When I listen to that quieter voice, which is the one that I speak to my clients when I practice what I preach, it pays off every time. I don't Every lose time. ground. I gain ground. I don't get yeah. injured. It doesn't get worse. It gets better. Yeah. Physically, the things I still struggle with, um, I have some nerve damage from my spine injury from childhood that resulted in needing surgery a few years ago. Um, and and that that can be a struggle because my left arm is is going to always have to work a little harder. Um, and I have some scar tissue from the third degree tear that I sustained during my son's birth. And, uh, that scar tissue will always be there. Um, the scar tissue from my surgeries will always be there. So I, I have to constantly keep that in mind. I have to, you know, my neck scar, I need to massage it. Um, there's, there's so much little things that I still have to be aware of. And, and I've learned to see those things. Um, 
not as limitations per se. They're just part of me. They're my roadmap. And if I respect my roadmap and I stay on my road and I don't try to be something I'm not, I end up stronger and I can try new things and I will get to new places rather than veering off and ending up in the bushes on my rear end. Right. And then not being able to do anything. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you want to share um, with us before we finish up? Thank you so much. It's been awesome. Thank you. Um, The thing that is on my mind and heart right now to say is that for those of you listening who have perhaps had really negative experiences with fitness, whether that be you've been injured in fitness or you've been burnt out by fitness or you hate it because it's just always been hard and not fun. And there was that one terrible PE teacher in middle school um, or those bullies who made fun of you for not kicking the ball right in high school um, or because you peed your pants and got embarrassed in your first group fitness class after you had a baby or that personal trainer who just kept pushing you and you just never went back because they didn't seem to understand you and it was embarrassing and you couldn't do what they said, but you tried and you ended up hurting so much in the next few days. Um, for the people who just have predominantly always had that message that fitness has to be hard, that fitness has to <clears throat> hurt to work. Excuse me. <clears throat> Frog in my throat. Um, <clears throat> and I think actually my voice right now is doing what it often does when I get emotional. <laughs> um, is, this is, you know, uh, uh, the, our voice is where we speak truth. And so mm-hmm. like, there's always a little bit of a battle there sometimes. Um, it, that's just not true. It doesn't have to hurt to work. Studies are showing more and more that it's like Kelly says, consistency over intensity. It's doing something each day, whether it's for a few minutes or a lot of minutes, something that's gentle when you need it to be something that's harder when you have the energy for that to be, um, it can be enjoyable and fit to be exists for the weightlifters and the Pilates junkies and the yoga gurus and um, the people who love cardio and the people who just want to lay on the floor and stretch or the people who don't want to get on the floor because they haven't vacuumed it in weeks and they just, nope. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, To restore your sense of joy again, to make fitness easy again, because guess what? When you start with some easy things and then you do a few more easy things, pretty soon you're doing things that are harder than you even realize. And then you get to do more and you start to enjoy it. One of my clients um, dealt with chronic migraines and um, could barely even go outside for a walk. And she has continued to do a little bit more and a little bit more. And she started with just the very basics and, you know, Kelly's total body stretching and basic transverse and um, restorative poses and all those gentle things. And, and then she felt better. So she's a little bit more. And she just posted on our forum that she did orange openers and bluebells, which are part of our color series. That's a kettlebell workout and a big hip workout. And then she felt really good. So she, she did um, one of our cardio routines. That's a black battle six. So you get battle six and you're beating on stuff. She's like, I feel amazing. And my headaches are so much better. 
And those are, those are challenging workouts. And she has just eased into those things over the last couple of years. You know, this is a journey. This didn't happen overnight. And I, I love stories like that. I, I exist for stories like that. I, I want to yeah. be the fitness professional that people can say, Hey, you know what? I was here a couple of years ago and now I'm here. Yeah. Cause that's what it's about. Yeah. That's what it's and, about. and it's about movement and it's about using our bodies to do the things we love to do. And, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's really it's really good. And and I will talk about this in other podcasts coming up, but there's a huge, you know, um emotional component to physical um symptoms, positive yeah. and negative. And there's a huge po- physical component to emotional symptoms, right? So like so when people are physically more active, they are emotionally more healthy. And mm-hmm. it's just, they, it's a correlation that is so powerful. Yes. And so yes. it's, it's about the holistic care of people um, and, and trying to remove the barriers of pain and dysfunction and weakness and, and fear um, so that they can, they can really get the help they need. And that's why we mm-hmm. do this. So yeah. I want to finish actually with a couple of statistics that have been really motivating to me. Um, that have nothing to do with how you look, because honestly, that's not a good motivator after a certain age or (laughs) it's like, well, it's going to have wrinkles, you know, your things are shifting. Um, exercise, like you talked about how it helps mental health. It has been proven in multiple studies, um, to improve mental health better than any medication on the market, any medication. Exercise has been shown to improve bone density better than any medication on the market. Exercise lowers your risk of cancer better than anything else. These are longitudinal studies, um, proven and proven and proven. And, and here's the thing, especially for us women, this is such a shocking truth that I learned a couple years ago. More women after age 40 spend more time in the hospital dealing with bone density related injuries than they do breast cancer. We're all more worried about breast cancer though, than we are about osteoporosis and osteopenia, which are those brittle bone um, issues, right? Um, And yet exercise fights both. Exercise improves your bone density and exercise improves your balance. It improves your strength. It improves your flexibility. All of those things play into your ability to prevent bone-related trauma, which, again, more people spend more time in the hospital. And after age 65, um, this is another scary one, but after age 65, half of people who go into hospitals for hip fractures don't come out alive. So bone density And your ability to avoid falling is huge. It is huge. And what you're doing now can dramatically improve your ability to avoid falls and avoid stress fractures and bone density-related fractures from those falls as you age. Proven. Proven, proven, proven. And this is just such a different... um, All of the stuff we've been talking about is such a different perspective 
on fitness than what the culture is really pressing on people and the shame that sometimes comes from, oh, you should be working out, you should be exercising. And, and what that sometimes means to people is not exactly what it should mean. Like, like it, like we said before, it's easier and simpler than we think when we can just be consistent and listen to our body. And so I think that, I think it's very cool. You offer a really cool, um, platform for people of all ages and all fitness levels, but specifically for people that are maybe a little scared, um, to work out. Right. And, and tummy safe fitness, um, like we said, you know, core diastasis and functional core weakness is pretty epidemic in our culture. So even if you don't think you would fall into the, the, the category of needing tummy safe fitness, Everybody needs tummy safe fitness. You know, you know, that's, that's how being preventative and being proactive about how your body is designed and functions best is key. So I'm excited um, that you were here with me today and thanks for kind of being part of this journey. Um, We have a lot of fun together. Me and Beth have also um, filmed, I filmed multiple things um, for her. She filmed some things for me and then we collaborated on Tummy Safe Fitness, um, a CU course, a professional course for personal trainers, any fitness professionals that want to really know how to um how to do tummy safe fitness basically. So we have that course on our pro site and um, I think that's a really great place for people that are personal trainers are, are in the fitness. And then we also have our core foundations, which is basically what you did. Beth, your process mm-hmm. was core foundations. It was the foundational yes. pieces and that's an online program on our website too. And then yes. we'll also um, kind of connect you to fit to be um, as well. It's fit to be dot, us and uh you can check out some of the stuff that beth has there too so thanks so much for joining me beth was great we'll do this again for sure all right thanks so much thank you for joining us today at the tummy team journey podcast the tummy team is committed to validating your story providing you with relevant practical education to understand your body and offering effective solutions to live the life you were meant to live Check out thetummyteam.com to get more information about how we can help you specifically and see if one of our online programs is right for you. You can also follow The Tummy Team on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube to get tips, encouragement, and support.